Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm so blessed and grateful to be sitting here with my new friend, Keaton Patel. Keaton, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day here and already enjoying our conversation prior to getting started. So I knew I needed to get that recording started as soon as possible before we missed anything. So thanks again for spending some time. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Elevate Nation, I want to ask you the question that I always ask, are you ready to take it to another level? Because I know that I am and I know that today we're going to do that. And I want to welcome you back to the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. This is where you learn the mindset, the habits, the routines, the systems, the tools, the strategy, and so much more from those who are elevating to a life without limits so you can do the same or even more for yourself. And I wanna remind you that this is a masterclass. This is for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives because real estate investing is just the vehicle towards creating an outcome. And so I always wanna just remind ourselves that I have to remind myself that at times because I get so caught up in, you know, in, in that, you know, kind of that means to the end. And so uh, I just wanted to highlight that. But if you appreciate what we're doing here on the show, we would certainly be super grateful if you subscribe to the show so you can be notified and automatically listen to the show each and every week. We're actually coming out now with two shows per week. Uh, but give us, you know, a rating. Give us a review. I mean, if, you, if you're so inclined to give us a five-star rating, it certainly helps us. Our goal is to reach millions and millions of people with this message. And I want to remind you also that, you know, the way that you can really kind of pay the fee, I mean, we're not charging anything for this show. The way that you can pay the fee is to share this with someone else, teach this to someone else. And so I want to get your, uh, I want to get your notepad out and take some notes today because I know we're going to be diving into some amazing stuff here with Keaton. And with that said, I want to go ahead and introduce you to Keaton. So he is a transformational coach that helps motivated individuals create breakthroughs and unlock their potential. He has mastered the art of transformation by learning from people like Tony Robbins, Wim Hof, and Dr. Joe Dispenza. His achievements include earning an accelerated doctor of pharmacy degree, building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio by starting from $8,000, and operating successful retail and services service businesses and climbing a mountain wearing only shorts in 20, Fahrenheit, 20 degree Fahrenheit weather. And I also know that he's the CEO and founder of Mookie, is it Mookie Capital? Yes. And he's, which is a real estate investing firm, which helps physicians and doctors create their own passive income stream. So with that said, Keaton, thank you so much for being here. Tell us more about Keaton, the man behind the bio. Uh, if we are going behind the bio, I one question that I'm always asking myself is just what more can I found, find about myself? It's just that's the driving force. Uh, you know, whatever it is, you take your business to the next level or you make your income to the next level. There's something that is invisible, but you know it's there about, you know, how to really improve, how to help everybody else around you to, you know, tap in their potential and you know, everybody growing together. Mm -hmm. 
So the driving primary question in your life is what more can I find out about myself? Where did that start? I mean, have you always been that way? So what happened was um, back when I was a pharmacist, I just realized I wasn't fulfilled and I'm just doing the job and everything's going fine. And then one day I just asked myself, what if they give me a million dollars a year and ask me drink as much coffee as you want? You don't even need to work. Would I do the job? And my answer was instantaneously no. So I learned something that day is to, if we don't ask the right questions, we are not asking, we are not getting the right answers. So a lot of time, it's not about looking for the answers. It's about looking for the right question to ask. And that question made me look back at my past. You know, I grew up in India and back in the day when I was 14, I was installing software, uh, helping people to call internationally for cheap. And I'm like, why I was doing that? What were my values behind? So I got more clarity and then from one thing led to another and started my whole process with coaching and business and personal growth. So was it that moment when you were a pharmacist and you realized, hey, if they even gave me, you know, call it a million dollars a year and said I didn't have to do anything and I could just go out and enjoy myself that you said I wouldn't even want to do that. Was that the moment where you decided to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be uncommon, to be extraordinary, to, you know, live a life without limits? Or was it a process to get you there? I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit about growing up in India. I mean, give us a little bit of insight there. So um, that is the moment when I dropped the line, but it has been happening for a while. So ever since I was a kid, I was always interested in business, entrepreneurship, and different kind of things. So I, at the age of 17, I was involved in stock market. And back in those days, the markets could drop 20, 30% a day. And it got me into a pretty tough situation. Uh, and then, you know, I was able to get out of it and whatnot. And then I started an online business. So the value values of being creative, innovative, doing something that you're passionate about, fun, having a little bit of freedom, they were always in me. And pharmacy wasn't really providing it to me. So in the background, the processes were going on for a few years until that question came where I draw the hard line and decided that if I'm not changing now, it's just going to never really happen. Anything's not going to, uh, the biggest risk I'm taking is actually not taking the risk. Hmm. Yeah. And I know that resonates with so many of our listeners, you know, it's, it, it seems to be, and I, and I can relate to this as well, you know, kind of growing up, you were always taught, or at least I was always taught that, you know, if you go to school and you get good grades and then you get a good job, you know, it's all going to work out for you. And that's really the American dream, as many would say. I mean, I, I had to really go through a deep questioning of that situation myself. And I'm, I'm curious if you went to the, through the same thing as you, you know, really kind of reached the, the pinnacle of your career as a pharmacist and continued to grow there. I mean, how did that, how was that experience for you? So what happened was, to be honest with you, I was sleepwalking through life and I wasn't even aware of what happened. All I knew is when I was a kid, if I see somebody sick or having health issue, it will really, really disturb me, impact me. And I would really want to do for something, something for them. And at that time, I thought the only way I could help somebody is, you know, become a pharmacist. Uh, I enjoyed bio, 
biology and chemistry until I started working in the pharmacy and I'm dealing with my own health challenges that are not being solved by medications. Hmm. And then I came across a book randomly that talked about how emotions could really affect your health. And I used the approach and I cured myself of, you know, one of the health problem and start, stop taking medi medication. And then I just realized, you know, there's, there's so much more. This is not the only way to help. So my intention was to do something for others, but I wasn't having the right tool. So I realized this is not the right profession. This is not the right approach for me. And then, you know, decided to pivot from there. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year? Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. I think it's super interesting the fact that you were able to, you know, obtain the information that emotions could correct your health ailment. I'm curious to know if you could expand on the thought of emotions and what that can do for you beyond just your health, you know, because one of the sure. things that I'm so passionate about is that, you know, your emotions create the quality of your life. I, I, I fully believe that. Yes. So I'd be curious if you could expand on that yourself. Sure. I could, uh, we could touch the topic of financial freedom, right? If you yeah. think about it, in today's days and age, everybody's talking about financial freedom. But if you think about it, I know a lot of people at the end of the day, if you're making 150,000 a year, you are in the top 10% of US. And I, a lot of that subgroup is dealing with anxiety of what if the economy crashes, what would happen? What if I lose my business? What if my top client goes away? So my question is, yes, financial, nothing wrong against making money and being financial free, but the question should be, how do I emotionally free? So even if you have the means, but if you're always anxious, what is the value of that money? It's not much, but I don't see that many people discussing that. I see everybody discussing, you know, you make X amount of dollars, you'll be financial free. And, and I went through that experience as well. Uh, when I left through pharmacy, I thought if I could replace this income, and work on my own schedule beyond my boss. It'll be great. So I bought this senior care business. I made it happen. And then I realized that it was just an illusion uh, mm -hmm. that you think when you get there, you're going to feel different. But the question is, if you have the same thoughts and emotions over and over for 10, 15, 20 years, just one success event is not going to necessarily tip it over, right? So the question um, to relate to the emotion and the financial aspect is people should be asking besides financial freedom, what are the true emotions that I'm really being held by? So if, if we are taking an example of money, there are three primary emotions that I feel that people are trying to achieve. They are trying to achieve secure feeling. Uh, they want that certainty that, okay, if I'm financially free, I could buy anything I want. 
which is okay, but a lot of times it's just a fear. Uh, it's like, if I don't have enough money, I don't have the confidence to survive it myself. Right. Or if I have money, it would be a pat on the back to myself that I have made it, which is another thing. Let's call it significance to yourself or your family. Uh, and third thing is freedom. Uh, if I have money, I could do whatever I want. But if you think about it, a lot of time, we do have enough time and resources to do what we want, but we are not able to figure out what we want. So the easy solution is let me just make more money. Then I could be free, even though right now you have that weekend or weekdays or whatever, right? So answering those questions, you know, what emotions you're uh, blocked for or whatnot, and that would, you know, give a good return and give a different approach. So recap to me the, the, the three money emotions. Sure. So primarily it would be either you're trying to get a feeling of security, mm -hmm. um, you're trying to get a feeling of freedom, or you're trying to get a freedom of self-worth, importance, or uh, status or something like that. It's, mm -hmm. That would cover like 80% of the drives. And that happened to me as well. Uh, when I was in real estate, it was, I asked the same question, like the pharmacy, what would happen if I have $50 million worth of portfolio or holdings. And I'm like, what am I trying to achieve? I was mm -hmm. trying to achieve that significance. And I realized there's no, if I'm going after those emotions, why, why do I need to go through all that? Why don't we start changing the emotions now? Right? Yeah. yeah. I think it's super interesting because I, I do believe it can be a very slippery slope and maybe even a black hole that you're trying to, you know, buy emotions or you're trying to acquire emotions through, you know, being ambitious. If you really dig deep, you know, and, and really start to have an awareness of what is it that I'm after, you may have the gift or give yourself the gift of getting that today while you continue to strive and be blissfully dissatisfied and continuing to be, you know, grateful for what you have while striving to create more and give to other people. So I think it's a fascinating topic because, you know, you see that a lot where folks will, you know, become very high achievers and they still have a little bit of a, an empty feeling, you know, within them. So it's, it's very relevant conversation. And what you said is, is right on the point is basically on the way there's no need to necessarily sacrifice your ambition, but on the way, why don't we have a journey where it's just so much fun, excitement and passion. Then what happens is you will care less about that end goal. You'll have so much fun. Most likely you'll reach there earlier. Even if you don't reach there, you wouldn't care as much because do you want to spend two, four, five years in a good emotional state? and get that end or you want to, you know, suffer just to get where you need to get to in the mm -hmm. end, just for a short achievement high or. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's almost like a paradox, right? You know, most, many people think that you have to suffer and you have to grind and you have to show up and really kind of, you know, some people say you need to eat shit for however long, you know, and obviously that's theoretically speaking and, and hypothetically speaking, but um, you know, what, what do you say to that? And, and also I'd be curious, you know, you mentioned how you study, you know, folks like Tony Robbins and Wim Hof and Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. you know, so what, what do you apply, you know, from these learnings within your own life? And I know, know it's a very broad question, but sure. Um, just curious. So, sure. So uh, from Wim Hof, you know, uh, doing an experience with him and climbing the mountain and thing, it really changed my perspective on what is possible for your body or your mind to do if you're focused 
so I take cold showers. I go out in the snow in Boston, just, you know, walking bare feet. Uh, just get that cold exposure. And from Joe Dispenza, I've been meditating on an average hour and a half to sometimes two hours a day. Uh, because again, I did a week on experience and I'm going to another event in two weeks. Um, I really saw the impact. And then from Tony Robbins, I'm always using the strategies to, uh, you know, make sure you're chunking things down and uh, prioritizing in and making sure you're in a good state at the end of the day, if you're not in a good state and doesn't matter if you're doing the right thing, you're going to make it complicated. You're going to take it longer. You're going to do unimportant things, but when you get into the right state, uh, you know what you need to do, how you need to do. And, and you know, it gives you a better approach. Yeah, absolutely. State story and strategy. And really what we're talking about at the end of the day is about emotions because your emotions create your thoughts, your thoughts create your actions, your repeated actions create your habits, which then creates your character, your personality and your life situation. So, you know, some people may say, Hey guys, wait a minute. I just need a strategy on finding my next deal. Well, really, if you are putting a strategy on top of the improper mindset and not realizing that, you know, just getting more money isn't going to fulfill you and going out and realizing that you can actually have that today and you can give that gift to someone else as well, I think is so powerful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about what are you doing today, you know, in your own business, in your own practice to really raise the bar and push those limits and become more. I mean, the question that you mentioned earlier in terms of your primary question is, what more can I find out about myself? But I'm curious to know, how are you raising the bar in your own life right now? Sure. So one thing that I stumble across the last three or five months is we are in an information age right now. Uh, you know, information is readily available, podcasts, books, seminars. And in my opinion, uh, what has happened is the rate of knowledge information has increased by leaps and bounds versus the rate of application and mm. that's the disconnect uh, because what happens is i call this the think box play box strategy when you're in the think box you are strategizing you're doing self-observation you're reading books podcasts all of these things but there are no consequences to these things you don't need to uh, fail you don't need to have worrying about being exposed or something not working or losing money. But when you apply things, that's when interesting things happen. And I found myself, and I think a lot of people in the self-development space are struggling with this, is they have the knowledge and tools. Uh, but what happens is whenever you're learning something new, the dopamine's released in your brain. So you, it's an exciting thing to talking about new ideas and whatnot. And we get caught up so much into it that we hop from book to book and podcast to podcast, event to event, but we rarely take the inventory of where is my application. And I, I found out that my application level was not that high. So mm. what I'm working on now for the last three months is basically slowing down my rate of learning new information and working on streamlining my application process, getting that built and making sure the rate of learning and rate of application goes hand in hand versus making information just as an entertainment um, mm -hmm. and not doing much about it, which is very easy to do in this day and age. So, Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's one of the challenges of our times is, you know, you want to learn as much as possible you know, but you want to get to a point where you're not a, you know, some people call it a success zombie to where it's like, you're just 
walking from event to event or book to book and saying, yeah, that was interesting. I, I learned a lot, but you know, what are you doing to apply immediately? Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd be curious, you know, is there, is there one thing recently that you've really slowed down in terms of increasing your own application on in, in particular? I would say one thing that I've done is any new initiative, the question I've asked is, is this sustainable? Is it mm. the 1% thing? Because what happens is when you learn something new, everything's exciting and you're like, okay, I could do this daily, but you just realize in a week or two or a month, something is going to break loose in your yeah. relationship, in your business, health, something somewhere is going to hit you. And at that time, you will stop versus if it was something sustainable, you could keep going on. So my question is always, no matter how good the idea seems like, is it really sustainable for me to do it uh, in the little long run to get the results as well? I love that. I, I heard a quote recently that said, if it's not sustainable, it's not successful. And if it's sustainable, it's successful. If you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. It's like, if you do something one time, you know, you're going to get a good result one time, but if you apply it over and over, and if you can create a system around that and the sustainability factor, you know, that's really when it's going to start to change your life is when you start to implement something on a continual basis. And I know we're talking in sort of generalities here, but I think it's a great thought. You know, it's like, all right, you learn something new. Now, how can you create this in your life for the rest of your life or the next several decades or whatever it may be? Uh, so that's a great question to be asking yourself. Is this, this, is this sustainable? Which is why I know you and I love real estate is because we believe it's sustainable. Yeah. Everything else is going crazy out there. Yes. Uh, but real estate continues to be tried and true. Um, so I love that. So talk to me about, you know, in terms of sustainability, Yep. personal in your personal life, your personal growth, uh, habits, you know, habits are, you know, that's how you really kind of build sustainability into your own life. I'd be curious to know, you know, what type of habits have you been conscious in terms of implementing into your own life? Uh, sure. So as far as the habits are concerned, the biggest thing is it's very important for me to put a certain amount of time in self-reflection every week. Uh, I don't journal a lot, but I'm just with my thoughts and I will absolutely, my phone would be silent or do not disturb. So when I wake up, um, I'm not looking at the phone. The first thing I'll be doing is just meditate get the day right. Because the other thing is um, that I've learned from Dr. Joe Dispenza or Tony Robbins, or uh, I am very f passionate about finding patterns, right? What are, what are things that are common that for two people teaching two different approaches, you see an impact. And something I saw is you need to remember every day what your vision is, who you're trying to become, what you're trying to do. So one of the habit I have is the meditation I do in the morning is linked with that, where in the morning it would be, who are you trying to become? What are you working towards? How would you act, think, behave today? Um, and I always make sure I get that meditation in, even if I'm missing you know, my breathing exercises or anything else, because it gives you a reminder of, oh, okay, this is who I am. Because otherwise, we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, so two, three days go by and all that excitement and clarity you had is, is pretty much gone. So you have to live that pretty much every day in the morning. Uh, and then the other thing at night, the other habit is a closing meditation, which is always uh, the big thing is, you know, we 
we really don't acknowledge it ourselves for doing the work. So every night, doesn't matter how small or big things are, acknowledging what you did good today. How can you really improve whatever you did? If you had another chance, if you had one more day to live just like today, so then you could think about it. Okay, what happened today? I had this meeting with investor or a client. How could I have done it better? And then you have an answer right there and you're synchronizing it, right? Um, and also uh, asking that question, you know, what, what I'm grateful for, uh, what did I do well today? Uh, how can I improve? Uh, and that should really, you know, get everything going. And also, you could also ask one thing, when did I go unconscious today, right? Mm. So, and this all comes from Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditation, his morning, evening meditation, or you could uh, have your own questions or have your own thing. So the question is, you know, when did you felt today that you lost it, you weren't in it? You know, you felt like you shouldn't have said that, or you could, you know, you it's just something took hold of you. That way you get more and more aware. So then the next time that opportunity presents, you have already thought about it, that I'm not going to react like this to my coworker, or I'm not going to get stressed or whatever that situation is. Hmm. That's an amazing question to ask yourself is when did I go unconscious today? And not beat yourself up for that and just recognize the fact that that happens and say, okay, well, how can I course correct tomorrow? How can I improve tomorrow? Yep. So I love that. And then I also love the thought of, you know, visualizing, well, who is it, who is it that I'm trying to become in the morning? Hey, yep. who is it? And how would this person act, think, or behave today? I think those are amazing thoughts that we can all implement immediately. Uh, because, you know, really to become that version of yourself, the next version of yourself, I believe it requires a little bit of vision. And, you know, asking those questions creates some creativity. It creates okay, well, you know what, actually that person would act like this or this person would behave in this way and this person would feel confident. This person would feel, you know, um, convicted towards what they're doing. And so um, I just think that's an exciting process that you go through every day. So I appreciate you sharing that. No, thank you. And you said it uh, very well regarding, you know, doing the imagination, which will create the space, give you some breathing room to have new things and new ideas come in uh, versus just, you know, hitting the ground running first thing in the morning. So. Absolutely. So as someone who's so committed to your own personal growth, talk to me about how are you investing in yourself? Uh, you know, other than, you know, some of the other sort of you talked about Joe Dispenza, you talked about Tony Robbins and others. But how else are you investing in yourself? Sure. So I, besides doing the events and reading the book and meditation, uh, I also have a coach. So that way, somebody outside of you is, you know, guiding you through this process. And on top of all that, I think a lot of times what happens is we are in the do, do, do world where we are just constantly doing and moving around and we are not taking that break or their self-love piece. Mm -hmm. uh, just acknowledging yourself of little things. So that's what I've been working on the last few months a lot. And it really changes everything because on a subtle level, uh, you might have a judgment towards yourself or, well, why am I not finishing X amount of things or whatever? And, and it's very easy um, to compare yourself. It's just like I always tell people, you can't compare a fish that's swimming in the ocean and monkey that's climbing in the tree. They are different 
by nature. But mm-hmm. unfortunately for us, it's very easy to see people in media or coworkers or some a business colleague and be like, why am I not at that level? And it mm-hmm. goes at a very subtle level where you are unhappy about it, right? It's not overt. So recognizing those things, very little things, and just working on it and being really patient with yourself as well. And understanding that, you know, things are having a trust in a higher uh, entity, whatever you believe into, and things will fall into its place and going through the course and enjoying and not every day is the best, but you just ask yourself, how can you make it better? And what was good about it? Giving good meaning to things, basically. Yeah, I think that's one thing that many of us are missing in our lives is that we don't give ourselves enough credit. Yes. You know, we're we're high achievers. We want more. We want to create more. And we realize that, you know, more isn't always going to, it's not going to fill, you know, that void that we want or that, you know, the fulfillment, that, 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 that F word that we're all, you know, chasing and we're creating fulfillment in our lives and for others. But I think it's important to, to recognize that, you know, as humans, you know, we have this comparability, you know, instinct, and and that's probably not even the right phrase, but we try to compare ourselves with others. And of course, social media and technology exasperates this issue. But just having the awareness that that is happening in your mind, and you don't have to let that be the dominant voice in your mind, I think it's such a powerful concept. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, And then being compassionate, compassionate with yourself, while still striving, while still yes, creating. Absolutely. So talk to me, how does that, how do those principles coexist in your life? Uh, that, that's a very good question because, you know, I'm always, that ambition drive has been with me all the time just to, you know, strive for things. And it, it does get challenging sometimes. How do you, how do you balance it in the questions as well? If I'm being compassionate, if I'm just, you know, being soft on myself, would I really get these goals, right? That the voice is always coming down. Mm-hmm. So the, the balance is, you know, you strive, you go for what you are going, but you just create some buckets or pockets of time where you are, you know, just getting true things that really fulfill you, hang out with friends or family or get a massage or play golf or whatever you're into it, just making sure Uh, on a weekly basis or meditate, anything that works for you, you balance that out because otherwise what happens is you are just forcing the outcomes. You are just, you know, Mm. too busy and you're like, if I just work a little more harder, uh, it would happen, it would happen. And then you're in that train where the emotions of stress start to dominate you and they start to drive your thoughts. And then before you know, you're at that path for a few weeks or a month or six months. And then you just realize, well, it's still not working. What happened? Uh, So it's just that counterbalance of uh, both things, basically. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And I think it's so interesting. I mean, we keep, keep going back to emotions. Yeah. And, you know, if you really think about it, you know, sometimes that, that's especially the stress emotion and you continue to strive and you're grinding and, you know, people are talking about, hey, I work 100 hour weeks and I'm doing all this, that and the other. And the question is, is that more impactful or effective? Or if you elevated your emotions to a level of inspiration and, you know, belief and faith and courage and curiosity, you know, what changes in terms of your outcome? I mean, so has that been a process that you've had to understand yourself? And if you could go into more depth on that concept? 
Uh, absolutely. So I was, you know, in the hardworking, burning category before. And um, if my senior care business, I used to spend about 35, 40 hours a week. For the last two years, I've been spending five to seven hours a week and it's generating the same revenue uh, and it's having the same kind of income for me. Uh, what has happened is just the thought before I wasn't really clear on the purpose. Who am I trying to impact? What am I trying to achieve? So the goal was, the belief was that if I keep spinning the wheel, if I keep showing up to the office, stay busy, uh, keep working, you know, things are great until, you know, you have a breakdown, system breakdown, and you realize this is not uh, sustainable, back to the sustainable concept. Yeah. It's not sustainable. And, and all that was being driven by stress because you just feel uncomfortable at the thought of letting something happen instead of you being in control, giving that control up, uh, sitting at a park bench when you could be in the office. And it was a challenging process. And I do believe, you know, you, you might have to uh, work hard a little bit little bit of times and you have rough months or whatnot, nothing wrong with it. But I feel you don't even naturally, you will find what is finding you as long as your belief is like more in aligned with, you know, what you're trying to get your purpose versus a belief of if I don't work hard, I won't succeed or everybody's hustling. It's competitive. I won't succeed because that's guaranteeing, guaranteeing it's just going to deplete you. Uh, it's not going to give you that joy because what is the point of being stressed and then uh, making a lot of money or where wherever you are versus if you're in a good emotional home and you know you're feeling grateful and for the most part right we all have good days and bad days you you will absolutely be in a position to impact more people uh, have more income for yourself and just enjoy yourself yeah. And we're talking about identity here. Like, how do you see yourself and how do you see your situation? Do you see it as, you know, something where you have an opportunity to do anything that, you know, beyond your wildest dreams? Or do you think that it's going to be challenging? Do you think that the competition is overwhelming? Do you think the economy is crashing down all over you? And maybe that is what happens. So I'd be curious to know, I mean, with all of that said, I mean, what we're talking about still is really emotions, identity, inner voice, but how does quantum mechanics play into this? I mean, have you studied that? It sounds like you have. I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are. It's a, it's a very fascinating concept. So basically what happened was when, when I was growing up in India, I back when I was in high school, I would believe it or not, but there were no yoga studios there or nobody that would teach you yoga. So I got a book, uh, taught myself yoga and it talked about moving the energy and the cerebrospinal fluid and all these kind of things. And I wasn't really getting the concepts, right? And then I've seen all kinds of stuff where there are cars being driven on these yogis and they are being buried and all sorts of stuff. And I always used to think, you know what, they are just a bunch of con artists or whatever, because that's what you see in India all around you. And until I read a book, uh, Autobiography of a Yogi, um, from Parma, Parma Yogananda, and he talks about how these mystical things are very related to the quantum physics. He doesn't use this, the word, but he talks about matter and energy. And then when I came across Joe Dispenza, it all tied together very well for me. And basically in Joe Dispenza's word, Dr. Joe Dispenza's word, science is the new language of mysticism. So at the end of the day, 
our eyes are only seeing very lim- we don't see x-ray and wi-fi but we still believe in it so there's so much energy in your body around you uh, and energy is the governing thing for the particle uh, versus you know what we it's not what we think so these invisible things and if you think in terms of quantum mechanics and spirituality basically uh, the whole wave theory of the electron could be anywhere uh, you know they did that experiment i forgot what it's called the when they are looking through the electron through like a slit and the electrons there when you observe but when you don't observe it exists in possibility so the same way in your life anything you want is just a possibility if you have the ability to observe that but you're observing a different reality um and this is how when you see people talk about well it was always in front of my eyes i never saw it because you know they were looking too hard through stress instead of just being open uh, from the quantum world of possibility. And that really excites me. If you could live in a world where anything's possible for you and everybody, why not choose that belief versus a belief that tells you this is not possible, this is not practical, there's no real benefit. We really don't know. You could argue against each side. So why don't we pick something that will elevate ourselves and other people, right? I totally agree. I mean, you, what do you have to lose at this yes. point? You know, you have yes. nothing to lose and everything to gain to have clarity on what it is that you want, what it is that outcome that you want in your life. You know, whether it's a big vision or a small vision, <coughs> whether it's one goal or whether it's, you know, who you envision yourself to be and, and who you envision to help along your way. I mean, having that clarity and then focusing your awareness and your attention on that outcome, in addition to raising your emotions and realizing that stress is an addiction of the body yes. and you have the opportunity of being, you know, really faithful, having faith and having courage and an inspiration and curiosity and, and so many other great, exciting emotions rather than being riddled with fear that humans, you know, can be sort of taken, you know, hostage from. And so it's just a matter of, you know, what do you have to lose? So I would say study this principle, study quantum physics, study quantum mechanics, apply it in your life and see the coincidences or the synchronicities that might start occurring. And I think you'd be excited and you might be on this path that really can create anything that you want in your life. So I I find it to be fascinating. Uh, Absolutely. I agree. And the interesting thing is, even if you are not fully aware of these things, uh, synchronicities and interesting events happen where, you know, for my real estate syndication, I didn't have a plan to meet the certain business partners I'm working with, or I didn't have the enough finances to hire a coach. But what happened was I had saved money for a property I had bought and that required X amount of dollars to be fixed, which was the same amount I needed to hire a coach. And turns out there was some government program that replaced the tank for free. Uh, all, all kinds of sort, all sorts of things happen with you when you, uh, you know, are living in a possibility, life with possibility, life mm. of imagination, life filled with beautiful emotions versus uh, just being restricted and being stressed out and, you know, being focused on. And the biggest thing is, uh, it took me a while to realize because it's a fish that's swimming in water all the time. The fish doesn't know that it's in the water. 
Mm-hmm. The same way we are so involved in our consciousness or the emotions we feel on a day-to-day basis that we really forget that, wow, I've been living through a lens of sadness or I've been living through a lens of despair until you shake things up to realize, you know, when you go on a vacation or whatever, you see, wow, my life is very different. And then what happens when you get back, right? So. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Awareness is key and and stepping back to give yourself space to be aware of the space and the quietness in your life and, you know, not just all the stuff and all the incoming and what you talked about earlier is like, you know what, we've got so much information at our fingertips and anything you want, you can learn, but it's a matter of creating space between that and applying in your own life and stepping into anything that you want in your entire life. So I think that's so fascinating. And, you know, you are such a great person to have this conversation with because I believe you share the philosophies that we have in terms of, you know, really you can elevate to a life without limits if you combine a constant and never ending improvement approach and always growing yourself in addition to building a successful real estate portfolio. And so, you know, I'd be curious to know as far as the practical side of things on real estate, you know, how are you raising the bar there? What are you, um, what are you doing to create outstanding results? Sure. So in terms of real estate, um, I'm getting more focused on uh, raising capital versus before I was doing ground up luxury home development. Uh, I had a rental portfolio that I got rid of because it was taking some time. And in terms of raising capital, creating some more educational content for passive investors and picking a channel that I will be spending next three to six months to generate leads and also not thinking I want, you know, I want to get investors instead of getting investors thinking I want to educate people about passive income and then it's, it's their decision. So that those are some things that I'm in process of applying to elevate the game in real estate. I think it's so exciting how you can really, it's, it's just a frame of reference, right? Or, or how are you framing, you know, a particular, you know, piece of work that you're engaging in, whether it's raising capital or otherwise, but you know, it's like, all right, I'm either, I'm either raising capital, I'm asking investors to invest in my deal, or I'm offering them an opportunity to put their capital to work that has so many other benefits. And so shifting your sort of mindset and your, your outlook on that, that work really kind of creates such a shift. And it sounds like it has for you. Absolutely. And everything that we discuss until the point, like that's why you could apply to that any business because a lot of times people have a misconception that all of these things are maybe a little bit spiritual or they mean you're passive, but I'm a go-getter guy. So, you know, nothing wrong with it. You could absolutely use these concepts and shape it because if something hasn't working for you, you know, why not try this blended approach? And like you said, just having that frame of reference from uh, this kind of understanding to whatever you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so while the fact that you are such a, a, a striver and creating, you know, abundance within your own life, in addition to 
owning the emotions and the beautiful emotions that you've, you've really kind of talked about in this entire discussion, which has been amazing. Talk to me about what are you, what are you working towards now? What are you striving towards now? Uh, right now, basically what I'm trying to work on is at the end of the day, the whole game is the inner game and you are the only person living in your world your thoughts and emotions. You might have people that understand you have family and everybody, but everybody's a visitor at the end of the day. So I've realized that fact. And I realized that um, this has been going for a while. Nothing on the outside would really, really shift how you feel inside on a long-term basis. Maybe on a short-term basis, you get that promotion, relationship, job, you're going to feel amazing until you get back. So my biggest thing I'm working on this year is spontaneously feeling love, passion, joy without anything happening outside. And it is a little difficult because the body's like not used to it. They're like, hey, nothing's happening outside. Why are you trying to feel good for no reason? Uh, I have felt it few times. So that's why I'm working uh, in my meditations just to visualize, overcome Uh, these beliefs because once that changes and then you work from a state of ease, the outside has to respond uh, if you're doing this thing correctly, right? So that's, that's my main thing right now. I love it. It is an inner game and that's the most important game to really kind of work on in terms of scaling your real estate portfolio, scaling your business or creating or elevating to a life without limits is working on that inner game and developing your, your own capacity to, you know, kind of walk into, you know, excitement and to walk into love and joy without some external event causing that for you because it's not going to come otherwise. Um, so I really uh, appreciate that. And I also was thinking of the thought of, you know, some people say, hey, you know what, if I'm successful, then I'll be happy. You know, we're really, you know, it's really the shift of, hey, you know, if I'm happy, then I'll be successful. Or if I'm joyful, if I'm loving, if I'm caring, you know, then I'll be successful. And so kind of shifting and saying, hey, look, you know, one doesn't come after the other, the other comes before, you know, reaching, you know, success, so to speak, which is kind of an elusive term. But um, I love that, that, uh, that way that you're raising the bar, the way that you're continuing to strive towards uh, the future. So talk to me, Keaton, what's the driving force behind your sort of continual personal growth? Uh, the driving force would be, you know, it's just like I was saying that that feeling you get of possibility, it's very hard to put in the words, but you just know that everything's possible and it's great. And it's such a good feeling that you want other people to have it. So that really drives me to uh, get better and better and share this message and, you know, create my own system so I could help other people uh, with that journey. Because eventually you realize you could have everything. What would be the ultimate thing? The ultimate thing would be to feel good inside without anything external and just that feeling of possibility. So I really don't follow that much about economy or competition. Everything could crash everything could get taken away but the feeling I have is like it's okay you could rebuild it and I saw the value in that feeling instead of just mastering a business or having a lot of money uh, and still being fearful like we were talking about so the driving thing would be and I think it's something some out there guides you with this when you have uh, good intentions and when you you know, when you're seeking that unknown, like what's out there, like it's just the magic of life, the mystery, you are just 
you can't help but you're like okay what else can i do to experience more of this uh what else can i you know learn and apply and and having these kind of conversations with people and uh everybody elevating together that that really drives me and and uh, fills me from inside as well so i love it yeah and i i couldn't agree more i mean it's such an addicting thing and it's such an addictive process to continue to grow and to share that with other people because you know what's possible and anything is possible and, and living with joy now is absolutely possible if you give yourself permission to do so. So I totally admire that. And I'd love to transition into what we call the rare air questionnaire. It's our rapid fire section. We talk, you know, really it's about raising the bar, continuing okay. to push the limits and expanding beyond what others said was possible. And, you know, many gave up, but we didn't and we will never give up. We'll continue to push those limits. And so I've got a few questions for you. I'd love to know, you know, what are two or, the th two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read and why? Uh, okay, so uh, that's a great question and I love books. So this, is, this will be a little challenging. Um, <laughs> I would say, let's see, the first book I'm thinking is, it's called Courage, The Joy of Living Dangerously by Osho. And I just, I just, that book really hit me because it talked about going into the depth of fear and really understanding that at the end of the day, that there's nothing really that bad. It's just your mind conjuring all of these things. And it's reality is imagine falling from a thousand feet high building, but there, there's just infinity. You'll never fall. Uh, you know, that feeling. It's just you feel that somewhere you're going to fall and things are going to end and uh, it's not going to work out. So the psychology of fear and, you know, how to embrace it and still take action, a uh, little action and how to like work your life and how to not, how to be comfortable with uncertainty and unknown and instead of trying to control everything. And life has such a grander plan for you if you just allow it to. And there's so much ecstasy in living an unpredictable life versus just controlling, securing, uh, and staying limited. So that's what, you know, it reinforced. I really love that book. That's amazing. I love that. We'll have to definitely, I will have to definitely read that book and we'll definitely put a link in the show notes there. You have others? Yes, uh, that book is great. Um, the second book that I'm thinking is, um, let's see. I just wanted to make a mention of this while you're while you're thinking of another one. But I mean, what what more could you really want? I mean, you know, fear is something that human beings all deal with, and understanding that we're all fearful, and you know, living with uncertainty, I think, is another great thought in terms of something that we can all implement into our own lives. Is is embracing uncertainty because you know what, the more uncertainty I, that you can live with, you know, really the, the greater success that you can really obtain into your own life and the greater satisfaction that you can also have with yourself in terms of your own growth through that process, I think is really exciting. Yes, absolutely. And, um, I, you know, thanks for giving me some space. So Not a uh, problem. This, the second book would be man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. Yeah. Um, it's, it, you have heard about that book? I've read it myself. It's an amazing book. Yeah, absolutely. That book really changed my perspective on we all go through pain. It's just a part of life uh, in some degree in life. But suffering is totally optional. Suffering mm -hmm. is something that we are doing to ourselves. And also that book, uh, it, he, you know, he's in the 
um, he's in the Auschwitz camps and he's talking about the whole story. And what I learned is at the end of the day, nobody could ever take the meaning you could assign to things happening in your life. Uh, even if you want them, didn't want them, your control, not control, doesn't matter. That power will always remain with you. And it's so powerful. So <coughs> the worst thing could happen, you could have the best meaning and that meaning will change your focus and definition of it. And it really uh, made me think, you know, pain's fine, but just make sure you don't make yourself suffer for no reason or wake up a little earlier and give a good meanings to think, take charge of that. Absolutely. So a couple of things, suffering is optional. 100% agree with that. A couple of things, you know, one other uh, phrase that you mentioned there, it's not the circumstances, but it's the meaning that you assign to the circumstances, no matter what's happening in your life. You know, that's not what that is not what is creating the suffering. It is the meaning that you're assigning to that situation. Um, and I think it's such an easy shift. You know, it's, it's not maybe it's not an easy shift, but it's a it's a small tweak that requires a depth of work and inner work that you mentioned earlier, you know, and continuing to work on that every single day. But what a shift that can really create an amazing life. Uh, so I really appreciate you sharing that. The other question I have for you is what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis other than what we've already talked about? Uh, other than what we have talked about, it would be, it's very important for me to share value to anybody I come in and across or if I remember it and it could, I don't need to know them. Uh, but I think if you really try, there's always a way the universe finds a way and it doesn't always mean you need to, uh, you know, say amazing things, but even complimenting somebody genuinely or uh, somebody, you know, giving you coffee, be like, you know, any, any little thing you could do that doesn't involve you or anything to do with you, uh, you know, would go a long way as well, because I think we are all connected from the same source. So doing something small every day or as often as you can, uh, that would, it doesn't seem like it's direct, but it's a good indirect approach. I love it. Yeah. And I love how elevating your own life on a daily basis is really through helping others. And maybe you circumvented my last question here. Or my third question here is, you know, what's the best way that you elevate others around you beyond what you just mentioned? Is there anything else? Uh, beyond that, it would be, I feel it's just in my nature. I'm always interested in, you know, what's, what's been, what is somebody really struggling with what are those challenges because i'm just really curious if i have something to share about and coming from a place of non-judgment and uh, i think the tone the delivery needs to be good in terms of people feeling supported and just knowing that okay there's another way i've never thought of it right so uh if you get that chance then anybody whenever a meeting or a colleague or whatnot just going a little deeper it takes five minutes, 10 minutes, and just really listen to, uh, instead of just hearing, really listening to what, you know, what are they challenging? Do you have something to say? And I think if you genuinely think about it, you, you might have something to say. So, yeah, absolutely. Truly listening to someone else and asking the right questions and asking, you know, probing questions to help them think further. You know, one of the things I love about the podcast is that it helps me clarify my own thinking sometimes, yeah. you know, not only am I learning from great people like yourself, but when I talk and when someone else asks me a question, it helps me understand and anchor my own understanding 
through my own words. So perhaps just listening to someone else and just asking the right questions to them and maybe even not the right questions, but probing with additional empowering questions uh, can be so, so uh, powerful. So I really appreciate that. Keaton, is there any parting words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation? Um, I would say the question, the only thing is, ask yourself the same question, you know, what else is possible? Can I, do I really enjoy the drama of suffering and all the stress? Or I'm interested in learning a way out, learning a way of possibility. It's just very simple. I love it. I love it. Well, Keaton, this has been an absolute blast. I really, really appreciate you taking time. And uh, Elevate Nation wants to stay in contact with you and, and following you along your path. How can they do that? Uh, you guys could find me, anybody could find me on my website, katenpatel.com. That's K-E-T-A-N-P-A-T-E-L Patel. And um, thank you so much for taking the time, having me on the show. Very grateful and uh, asking all these questions and had a great, great interaction. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been an absolute blast. And we will definitely put a link in the show notes to uh, Keaton's website there. And I want to encourage you to re-listen to the show. Uh, because I think there's a ton of deep and profound wisdom in the show. And sometimes we don't hear it the first time around. And so you want to take notes. I know I always say this, but repetition is key. But then obviously, you've got to apply, you know, as we talked about earlier in the show, you know, you can't just be the person who's taking in that information, you've got to realize that information is only potential power. You know, the real power is actually in applying and taking action, and also sharing with others. So what I want to encourage you to do is take a screenshot of this show and either text it to someone else, post it on social media, tag Elevate Podcast, tag that person that you want to teach because the teacher is who learns the most. You know, that's really how you can anchor in your own understanding. And, you know, I certainly want to, uh, you know, give you sort of a gratitude for, for showing up today. Thank you so much for being on the show. And also thank you, Elevate Nation, for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.